you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. And indeed, thank you all for being patient with me. I had to just had to take a week off, more or less last week during the Mizzou buy. But you know what? I am chomping at the bit to get this show started. So, you know what? We've got actually some hoops talk to get to. Believe it or not, we're 16 days away from Missouri basketball tipping off against Oral Roberts. Got to break down that Missouri hoop schedule a little bit. Also some information on bowl season. Also some other Missouri football news and notes. But first, you know what? Let's start off talking about Missouri football's opponent just a little bit here. And that is, of course, the Georgia Bulldogs. Now just to let you know where I am as far as the Bulldogs go, my opinion of that team after Georgia lost to Alabama on that primetime game down in Tuscaloosa, I really thought that the Bulldogs might still be the third best team in the country at that time. Now keep in mind, Ohio State had not played yet, so I wasn't including them. But I give Georgia a lot of respect. To me, you look at the the talent on that squad, as great as Alabama is, to me the, the only real difference in those two teams The biggest difference was at the quarterback position. Now, that's no small thing, obviously, right? We all know how important the quarterback position is. But Stetson Bennett for Georgia, a nice story. A kid who grew up as a Georgia fan, you know, now gets the chance to start as a senior. Great story. Good for him. He just doesn't quite, not quite to the level of Mac Jones or certainly uh, Justin Fields or Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, any of the elite quarterbacks of college football but you know what it turns out replacement level for Georgia right now is significantly below what you might imagine it to be because I hate to say it after Stetson Bennett had an apparent shoulder injury left the world's largest cocktail party well is it the still is it still the world's largest if it's socially distanced and limited but regardless in Jacksonville a 44-28 loss to the Florida Gators Stetson Bennett left the game early, and in came redshirt freshman Dewan Mathis. Now, I don't want to be harsh here overly, but frankly, Dewan Mathis was just bad in that football game. He really was. He was 4 of 13 passing, threw two interceptions, did have a touchdown pass, but he just looked way off the entire game, looked indecisive. You know, Again, I don't want to kill the guy. He's a redshirt freshman, didn't get starters reps during the week. Suddenly, he's thrown into a game, a huge game, the cocktail party game against Florida. So you can maybe excuse one bad performance. Okay, I I can maybe be talked into that at a certain point. But then you look back, his first action against Arkansas back in September, he was 8 of 17 passing. And threw an interception there as well. Just just threw for 55 yards. Now, I didn't actually see that game. So I don't want to delve too deeply into overanalyzing the box score here. Especially in mop-up duty. But, you know, you'd just like to see some evidence that this kid 
has it if you're a Georgia fan. But you know what? To be honest, this kid is essentially it's, – it's understandable if he's not that good. He's essentially their fourth-string quarterback. Because if you think about it, Jamie Newman, transfer from Wake Forest, you may have heard me mention this before, but it's worth repeating, he was expected to be their starter as a grad transfer and a senior. But he was one of, along with probably LSU receiver Jamar Chase, probably the most prominent player to opt out of the 2020 campaign was Jamie Newman. But you know what? They had other options too. Obviously Stetson Bennett was one of them. But another option was JT Daniels, transfer from Southern Cal. Well, he tore his ACL last year, and unfortunately, still there's no sign, as far as I can tell, that JT Daniels is anywhere close to returning to the football field. Which I've noticed online, frankly, has frustrated some Bulldogs fans, which I don't think is entirely fair, to be honest with you. Because while people have gotten used to ACL injuries almost being like, I shouldn't say not a big deal, but certainly not nearly as big of a deal as they used to be, right? And who and what better example than Missouri's quarterback, Connor Basilak, tore his ACL this time last year, just about a year ago, November of 2019. And guess what? He was back fully healthy for fall camp and raring to go. Obviously, he's played well this season. So, but at the same time, you just you got to pump the brakes if you're a Georgia fan. Not all ACL injuries are created equally, and not all bodies are created equally. Some of us just happen to heal faster, slower, all that good stuff. So be nice to JT Daniels is what I would say. But at the same time, obviously it's frustrating if that he's not available. You've just had really bad quarterback injury luck, COVID luck, all that good stuff. And now you're down to a kid who's your essentially your fourth-string quarterback again in Dewan Mathis. And my point in bringing all this up is, yeah, actually somehow I think Missouri has a chance in this game. I really do. Now, do they have a great chance? No, not a great chance. But a lot better chance than they would have had with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. That's for sure. So it's sounding like he's probably a game-time decision. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll get some more updates this week. But for now, if Dewan Mathis starts a quarterback in this game, you got to at least look really strong at the under. I don't know what that total is. We'll check it out as this week goes along. But it's hard to imagine Georgia scoring a ton of points with that kid at quarterback. And you consider that Missouri has some injuries along the offensive line, which I'll update here in just a little bit. But first... I want to tell you about our friends at Coors Light. And I'll be honest with all of you. If there's one thing that I love doing more than actually creating podcasts, it's listening to podcasts. And I always listen to them on my smartphone, at least 95% of the time. But you know what? There's a bit of a dichotomy there, a bit of a, a, bit of a problem, if you will, because it makes me feel like when I have the phone on me 24-7, it makes me feel like I'm always on. These days, everything is go, go, go. You always are expected to hustle, be at work, be answering texts, whatever it might be. Well, sometimes you just need a moment to turn off your brain and hit the old reset button. And that is when you reach for Coors Light. Coors Light is certainly the beer I always choose when I need to unwind. So get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get 
DodcoorsLight.com for home delivery of the new look of Coors Light. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. By the way, if you're saying to yourself, oh great, the guy who told me that Missouri was going to cover last week against Florida, now he's telling me that they have a chance against Georgia now, pish posh. Well, if that's your attitude, I can't totally blame you. That's a fair point. But you know what? My point would be, while that's a natural human reaction to have, again, I'm a contrarian. I'm a contrarian better. And you know what? After another 5-2 and two week this past week in week 10, I'm feeling pretty good about my contrarian leaning. So if you think about it again, if Vegas keeps building casinos, well, it's because people are often wrong, usually wrong. The common man in their betting style is wrong. The conventional wisdom, you, generally it's going to bite you in the butt over the long term. So, of course, the conventional wisdom, if you're a Missouri follower, is going to be, well, and especially in a world where we all overreact to one week so so often in this modern age. Again, back to my Coors Light read, and they, we're always on. Well, that, that tends to make us very narrowly focused and very focused on the recent past. So basically what I'm trying to say is, in fact, that actually might give you a little bit of an opportunity. Missouri was sort of almost the public team the previous week, right? Again, I should have gone contrarian there. I should have known better. When I watched college game day and basically every single analyst, while they picked Florida to win, they basically all said, it'll be a close game, it'll be a close game. Well, that was the conventional wisdom. Clearly, if I'd have been my contrarian self, I would have done better. But unfortunately, the homer in me took over. Also on the positive side, if you want to be optimistic about Missouri, well, Obviously, it was disappointing that Missouri's defense didn't give a lot of resistance to Florida's offense, especially in the second half. But by golly, Georgia's defense, maybe the most vaunted in the entire country, struggled to slow down the Gators too. So maybe the Missouri defense, maybe those improvements that we saw the previous two weeks to some extent, maybe those are a little bit more real than we thought. That would be the optimistic way of looking at it. Now, pessimistically, on the other hand, especially when you go to the other side of the ball, the injuries on the offensive line have really been somewhat glossed over, I think, in the rest of the season predictions and mid-season report card pieces I've seen on the Mizzou beat. You know, again, I, I just how are we forgetting that the toll that those injuries took against Florida? Most notably, maybe, at least certainly one of the biggest ones is left guard Xavier Delgado left the game. Well, we learned in the past week that he had a tightrope surgery on his ankle and he'll be out for a few weeks not expected to be season ending but that's a big deal he had played pretty well to my eyes and certainly without him in without Larry Borum in Missouri's line just really struggled and again I think Marcus Johnson the whole team has done a great job with that line for the most part especially in pass protection to my eyes but again I just think we've maybe hit the point of a possible breaking point here when it comes to offensive line injuries. So that that really does worry me. But speaking of offensive linemen, Missouri did add a transfer in this past week, a transfer from Oklahoma, offensive lineman EJ Doma Ogar. Ogar. Doma Ogar. And Doma Ogar. See, how many ways can I pronounce this just to cover my bases? But honestly, if you could just take – 
one position group from any country in the nation, it might be Oklahoma offensive linemen. So they certainly know what they're doing when it comes to that position. I mean, really, watch on, pay attention on Sundays. You'll see an, an Oklahoma, about as many Oklahoma offensive linemen as you see Alabama running backs on Sunday. It's really impressive what they've done with that position. So on one hand, you could say, well, this kid had some, again, I mentioned Alabama. He had an, uh, an offer from Alabama. He had offers from pretty much all the Blue Blood schools. So he saw a little bit of action in reserve the previous season. So you might be saying, well, if Oklahoma couldn't, couldn't get him out there, maybe he's just not very good. I don't know, maybe, but I, I, I think it's just good. Missouri, frankly, just needs depth at that position right now. Not just for this season, because obviously this kid is not going to play this season, but just in the future. While Eli's done a, done a really good job in recruiting, I think even he would tell you that offensive line and receiver are probably the two positions that Missouri really has to shore up in these future classes. And our final note on football. You know, it seems like the, the bowl season, definitely not as robust as before, but a lot more games than you might have expected. So not including the three college football playoff bowl games you've got 34 games overall if I'm doing my math correctly here most notably I think all the I don't know semi-major SEC bowls that Missouri could potentially get in like for instance the Music City Bowl in Nashville the Liberty Bowl in Memphis two of the more drivable locations for Tiger fans obviously those are still being played basically any of the games you would really be excited for the Tigers to potentially be in, they're all still going, so all systems go as far as bowls are, at least for the moment. So let's get to that Missouri basketball schedule and a few thoughts on this upcoming hoop season, which is coming much more quickly than you probably realized. But first, a quick word from our title sponsor, Built Bar. Yes, Built Bar makes the best-tasting protein bars out on the market, at least in my humble opinion, because you know what? The new Build Bar is even more delicious than before with six new amazing flavors, including caramel brownie and cookies and cream. But you know what? Of the old school, original dozen flavors, my favorite at this point has got to be orange. I've said it before and I'll say it again. But the good news is these Build Bars are not just tasty, but they're great for the health-conscious person as well. You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. These bars are low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, and high in fiber. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. You know what? Quickly here, I do want to acknowledge... The passing of former Oklahoma men's basketball coach, Billy Tubbs. Now, here's the thing with Billy Tubbs. When I was a kid, I very much had bought in to the rivalry between him and Norm. But as I got older, especially as I went back and sort of read the quotes for some old school Missouri Oklahoma basketball recaps that I've done before, it really seemed to me like he and Norm were in on the joke. And it was just, it was almost like they were trying to, to gin up interest 
between not only their two fan bases, but nationally. It was well. It was almost like a, a pro wrestling promo between the two of them where they pretend that they hate each other, but then in all actuality, they probably got along great at the coaches' conferences or, or whatever happened in the off season. So I don't know. I, I just uh, it made me sad to see Coach Tubbs pass. Just a reminder that uh, of one of the great eras of college basketball, to me the, the greatest era of college basketball the 80s early early to mid 90s that whole that whole era was just tremendous especially in the big eight I mean the 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 personalities among the coaches there that's just something we're never going to see again people are just so so wound wound so tight these days and I just don't understand that it's sports if we can't have fun in sports a little bit of a little bit of humor every once in a while where are we going to get it but I digress let's let's get back to the matter at hand, which is the Missouri basketball schedule for this upcoming season. And again, as of now, November 25th, Missouri kicks off the season, or tips off the season, I should say, at home against Oral Roberts. Generally, they're a pretty solid program, but as of now, at least, Ken Palm has them projected to be about the 200th, 200th best team in the country. So maybe not the strongest Oral Roberts squad we've seen in the last few years, but also notably Missouri playing at Wichita State. Now, Wichita State, if you're unaware, going through a bit of turmoil right now, to say the least. Uh, you know, Greg Marshall, their coach, has been accused of verbally and physically assaulting some of his players. Now, assault is a strong word. I, I don't know all the details here, but that's just the word that I've seen bandied about in the press. Now, the reality is there's a lot of big-money boosters that are behind Greg Marshall trying to keep him around. Who knows how that's all going to play out, but frankly, you know, Wichita State hadn't been quite as good the last two, three seasons. So, I don't know, maybe a maybe a program in turmoil and a possible road win, non-conference for the Tigers, but then two more games at home in the non-conference, Liberty and Bradley. Again, not exactly the best non-conference schedule, so far it would be nice Missouri and Illinois still in discussions about possibly playing the bragging rights game if it happens almost certainly not going to be in St. Louis it would either be in Champaign or Columbia so that's definitely something to keep an eye on that would be a quality you know top 15 top 25 opponent for Missouri so a good one to add quite honestly and there's certainly a possibility they could still add one more non-conference game and actually it sounds like Missouri and Oregon are 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 what am I trying to say <laughs> Missouri and Oregon are cooperating there's the word to try to get an event to, happening around December 3rd at the Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut so in that scenario every school would play at least a couple games potentially 3 beginning again around December 2nd or 3rd in what some people are calling Bubbleville. Now, as you may be aware, in the SEC, Missouri's permanent twice-a-year opponents are Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. And this year is no exception because the SEC has decided to retain its usual 18-game schedule. So nothing really different here. Now, of course, that leaves two rotating home-and-away series two teams that rotate in and out that you would play twice. This season, those opponents that we play twice are Tennessee and South Carolina. 
Now, obviously, you'd like to avoid playing Kentucky twice most seasons, which Missouri did, but obviously Tennessee a quality opponent for sure, and Frank Martin and his Gamecocks never an easy out either. But ultimately, considering this is going to be not much of an adjustment if you're a Missouri fan in terms of your expectations, Missouri goes 9-9, and there's a real good chance that they'll make the NCAA tournament. And if they go 10-8, and well, they're, they're probably almost certainly in, I would say. And that's got to be the goal for this season, right? Doesn't it have to be? And frankly, I think for Missouri to get there, there's three major things that I'm looking at. And number one is pretty obvious. Can the Tigers make shots? Because last season, the offense wasn't as bad as it may have looked on paper, at least in terms of how we ran it. Now, certainly Missouri changed its offense down the stretch to some extent, tried to incorporate more dribble drive, penetration, all that kind of stuff, played Drew Smith notably off the ball, off the ball much more. But you know what? Just the level of shot making has to go up for the Tigers. And the good news is, if you want to be an optimist, Mark Smith looks as healthy as he's looked since putting on a Tiger uniform. Drew Smith... I think there's more there as far as his three-point shot goes. Maybe he'll be more adjusted to his perhaps new off-the-ball role in this Barcelona offense a little bit more. Also just adjusting to the new conference, new surroundings, all that good stuff. Torrance Watson has had moments. He's had at least stretches where he's been a good shooter, but man, that went off the rails last season. I don't know. That's, That's just... I don't want to be simplistic, but that's one of the biggest things. And then on the other side of the equation, it's turnovers, right? Offensively for Missouri, they can't give up the ball one out of every five plays. You just can't do that. You've got to get shots up. And frankly, it wasn't just the guards being careless with the ball. Far too often, Jeremiah Tillman is the biggest turnover culprit of all because he commits offensive fouls. He gets traveling violations. He's not great against the double team necessarily. So, again, just stuff that needs to be cleaned up there. Missouri's got to drop their turnover percentage by about 5%, if you ask me. And finally, I think the real question is, how does Drew Bugs fit into this team? Now, I broke down Drew Bugs' game a little bit last season. You can find that in the archives, but by all accounts, Drew Bugs is a good kid and a really good passer. And in fact, I believe, again, a transfer from University of Hawaii, I believe he is Hawaii's all-time assist leader. But he's not a very big guy, as you might expect from a, a true point guard like Drew Bugs. So Missouri's already starting, at least that seems to be the plan. They're going to start Xavier Pinson and Drew Smith together, guys who are ostensibly point guards. You know, smallish guards. Let's put it that way. Now, if Bugs is a, one of the five best players on the team, too, can you play all three of those guys at the same time? That would be the question. And Conzo Martin, so far, has been acting like they've experimented around with that, and it's working okay. And I would think, offensively, it's probably fine. I don't think that necessarily is a bad thing. But defensively, see, to me... The downside of playing Bugs, I'm sorry, the downside of last year of having Pinson and Drew Smith together is, well, you're just kind of tiny on the perimeter, aren't you? Well, you throw Drew Bugs into that equation with Pinson 
and with Drew Smith. Now you're talking about not only an extremely tiny backcourt, but essentially one of your front court guys is now tiny too. Uh, that's just way, way, way too small defensively. I don't see how they can ever get away with that. And and again, if 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 that's if those are three of their five best players, it turns out, well. I guess we'll, we're just going to have to figure out something there. I just I don't know the cons. I just have a hard time believing that Conzo Martin, knowing the kind of coach that he is, is going to sacrifice that much defense in order to get a little more offense. That's just that seems hard for me to believe. I have to expect that Bugs will probably come off the bench to start the season. But with all that being said, once again, thanks for being patient with me as I took a bye week on my podcast along with the football team but i'm guessing i'm guessing the football players worked a a bit harder than i did during my bye week but you know what a productive one nonetheless so again thanks for joining me once again we got four more coming for you this week so look forward to that right here on locked on mizzou